Climbers, if you're truly serious about succeeding at this artist thing, whatever success means to you, if you're serious about being heard, about being seen, about being recognized, about getting validation, about getting throngs of people to hear your music and follow you as an artist, and you can't see me putting the word here in air quotes, by the way, because it's a podcast, you have no choice but to deal with what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you put leverage into their life. You're going to need leverage. That's why we call it the climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business because that's what you're going to need to succeed, to get the deal, the management, to get the regular cash flow, the ticket sales, the booking agency, the record label deal, that's what you want. You're going to need leverage. You have to do it yourself, but that keeps the art pure, man. It's better that way. So that CLIMB is an acronym. It's a Baxternym from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. I had a couple number ones in the last 24 months in Southern Gospel, so he's still just in fuego. And uh, what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you learn how to do business professionally. <laughs> I am screwing this up. It's been so long since we did it. <laughs> Speaking of doing business professionally. That's right. But he, te- he teaches songwriters like you how to be professional by teaching you how to write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he gets you opportunities to create relationships with the pros, which is the final link in that chain, man, to make it all work. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And see, this just highlights the difference between me and Johnny. I have a script. He has a script. I don't know if he knows where a script is. I have my script pulled up and I just read from it. I just read from it. Don't have to think about it. It's right there. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If that sounds complicated, don't worry. Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Hey, brother. How's that coffee kicking in? Uh, not enough. <laughs> I need some more. <laughs> <laughs> I need some more, man. So exposure is not enough. It's not enough. I've had like multiple conversations this week with a couple different artists that I feel like, Brent, I feel like we can do this episode every week for the next year. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to say, we're not going to get through to a lot of artists or or enough artists. Let's put it that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like so important. So that's what we're going to dive into today and just really try again just try to refocus you on just the harsh Mm -hmm. reality of what it's going to take to run a successful business which is sorry what you're going to have to do in today's music industry and you know hopefully get your get your head right on that so before that though let's take care of a little business here we want to you to join the climb community on facebook it's a killer facebook group of Indie artists, indie musicians, songwriters, singers, and all kinds of activity happening there, man. This is an active group. We, Whenever Brent and I see anything that we think would be valuable to our audience, we put that up in the group there. 
So you kind of get some some news feed in a certain way. There's people asking questions about marketing. There's songwriters, you know, co-writes getting hooked up, stuff like that. And successful ones, mind you, that are birthing good songs that are getting syncs and generating revenue and all kinds of stuff like that. So we're pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. And got to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. And you know what? Like, this should be simple enough to understand I roadhoused a couple people in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah? I have. They thought since I was out of the country that they'd get away with stuff. I don't know what's up, but I roadhoused they a couple of people. about Johnny. Mm. Like, you can't, you can't, like, we want you to brag about everything that is you. Just put it in the right spot. It's it's just as simple as that, man, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it can't be anymore. We're not telling you you can't do something. We're just saying you can't do it here. That's right. You got to do it on a post that we create for you every Monday or Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. And so, Brent, we got some wins on every Wednesday. What, what are we looking at like now? Yeah, so we have our new height post that we post, uh, Lord willing, every Wednesday morning. And it's where we invite you and, and want you to post your wins. This is the time to, to brag on yourself and to share what you're working on. So, so far we have, let's see, on a recent one, we have Christine Best. It says, I've written 11 songs so far this year, hoping to record some later this year. So good job, Christine. Good I have her. a feeling that that's, you know, a, yes. So that's a, looks like a, it's a probably a good number for her. And so good job on that, Christine. Keep on writing. And Michael Ross. She gets wait. She said eleven songs, right? Eleven songs so far. Well, when she gets to sixteen, then we're gonna have to put up the kiss song, Christine, sixteen. <laughs> oh yeah, and that'll be like your that'll be your your celebration song. All right, Christine. Before Thanksgiving. Let us know. All right. <laughs> so Michael Roth uh, was on a local podcast, and he is on uh, Apple Podcasts. So it's St. Andrew's Jezebel Podcast. So uh, it said Easy Heroes featuring salty local Michael R.J. Roth on Apple Podcasts. Nice. So that's funny. So he's salty. So good job, Michael, on getting some local promo. So, yeah, he shared the link with that because this is a place to do that stuff. So if you're like, hey, my win is I got a new single dropping, you can put up that link. Or I just finished a song I'm super excited about. You can put that link there. Or if you're on a podcast or if you just like Christine, like I've hit a new high of songs for the year. Post that. We want to hear this stuff so we can celebrate with you. So good job, Michael. Good job, Christine. And keep on climbing. Nice. Love it. Make sure you comment on the podcast. And if you're listening to it on iTunes and leave a rating and review. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest thing you can do is tell a friend about it. I mean, if, if you're getting value from this, if you're learning something, if this is helping you, then help us help other people and tell some, hey, man, check out this episode. You'll love it. You know what I mean? That is right. So, all right. So let's get oh, into so, this here. So exposure is not enough. So this is not a dating show. No, not a day. But that it does not peeping Tom thing. It's um, not that. It's not that. Okay, right. It's about the music business. Here's the deal. Like, I don't know why artists think and industry people think too, but industry people understand better than like indie artists for sure. Mm-hmm. Why it's okay to even utter the words like, "Well, I, you know, I suck at this. I suck at promotion," right? Mm-hmm. Because you absolutely must promote. Yes. You have to promote. This is art. If, you know, if you're serious about being an artist and generating an income and making a living as an artist, or even if you already make a living and you're like, this is a hobby, but deep down inside, you really want people to hear your music and love you mm-hmm. and love that music. And you want them to connect with what you're writing about then you ha- the only way you're going to do that is by, n- number one, putting in front of new eyeballs, and number two, making sure that the people who do like you 
making sure that all of them are aware that the new song is out. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just crappy at promotion and being okay with that, but wanting to have a music career. I mean, that's like saying, well, I want to have a music career, but I'm just crappy at music. So, I mean, that's okay. But I still I have hopes. Worry about it. I still, I still <laughs> dream. Right. And so it's that important. Yeah. It really is. If you're an indie artist, like that promotion part of it is just as important as the music. And, part and here's the thing, like, because in terms of, okay, so I know people, I met people like what you just described. Mm-hmm. I, that, let's just call them like the shallow end of the gene pool when it comes to artists, right? Yeah. It's always been my dream to be a singer, but yet I've never been in a band. I've never sang. I've never done anything. I've just thought about it, you know? Mm. So those people just aren't really serious. And the musicians and the indie artists and the writers at the deeper end of the gene pool would look down their nose at those people. Yes. Not, and maybe they're not like in a hateful way, but just like, whatever, like, that's not really what you want to do. God bless you. Run along and go do what you really want to do because you're not doing it. Right. Exactly. But guess what? Most of you in the deep, deep end of the gene pool, when it comes to promotion, look like that person, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not, you're not promoting. And I mean, if your business plan in any way, shape, or form in today's music industry is based on hope that someone else is going to do the marketing and promotion for you, you've already lost before you've begun. Yeah. In so many levels. Level number one, you're not going to find anyone if you're early on in your journey, if you're a baby, baby, baby band, you're not going to find anyone that's going to master that for you in the beginning for free because you're a baby band, you don't have any money. Right. You know, number two, when your band grows, whether you are aware of it or not, whether you believe it or not, and whether you like it or not, you're going to have to be a part of it when you can pay somebody Mm -hmm. to do it, right? And number three, good business means you have to inspect what you expect. So you better know how promotion works and what works and what doesn't work for you because it's different than what works and what doesn't work for another artist. Mm-hmm. You'd better know what works on that to make sure that somebody else isn't spending their money on your budget and spending it in the wrong way when you absolutely can drive on that and have control of that. Mm-hmm. You know? And number four, who is going to promote you better than you? Yeah. You know yourself, you know? Nobody has as much at stake in your business as you do. Yeah. And so this kind of, this, this episode is born from a conversation I had with like a really, really great artist that I'm just, I'm so excited about. And I get to work with him now. I actually just found him a budget. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the, the conversation was like, look, man, you don't have a choice. You're going to have to deal with this. You're yeah. going to have to deal with promotion. I don't care. Like you're going to have to do it if you, if this is what you really want to do. And this is what he should be doing. This is what this artist was born to do for sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And if we're going to up this game and you don't want to sell siding for a living, then you're going to have to tackle this. You know, you're going to have to get your head around it. You're going to have to promote period. And I know that artists don't like promotion. I know it makes them feel icky. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that the only way out is through and you cannot, absolutely cannot succeed and watch my value bomb here. This maybe isn't a value bomb. Maybe it's just a disruptive bomb. You cannot succeed as an indie artist or even a multi-million selling superstar without promotion. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this like years ago on the podcast, but 
I want to bring up the George Michael story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a great story. You know, George Michael, one of my favorite artists, like, I just think he is just phenomenally talented across the board with everything that he did. He started in Wham. They became superstars in Wham with him and Andrew Ridgely. When Wham broke up, they had sold 20 million records, man. Mm. I mean, Sheryl Crow's sold like 8 million records. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows Show Crow, right? I right, mean, like yeah. that's that's a lot of records. That's, that's a, a living. That's a that's a comfortable living. God bless her. Yeah. But twenty million is like the that's like the fir- the bottom rung on the ladder of superstardom. The yeah. top rung being like seven hundred fifty million plus, which is Elvis and the Beatles, and I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so twenty million is a bottom rung on the superstar side. So they already sold twenty million. Then he gets signed to that new record deal as a solo artist, he releases faith. So it was another 20 million on faith alone. Mm-hmm. What an incredible record that was. Right. And now he's at 40 million records sold. And you'd like to think you can kick your heels up, light a cigar and just let the machine take care of you. Mm-hmm. But then he runs into a snag with, of all things, you know, the Betamax, right? The Betamax tape goes wrong for Sony and Sony gets screwed and loses a billion dollars in, in R&D money because Philips created the VHS videotape. We're talking about videotape for those of you people who are too young to know what that is. <laughs> Philips owns, has, has ties, you know, business ties with the record label and with the movie studio. So they just start releasing type movie titles on videotape and flood the market. They win. Mm-hmm. Everybody buys a VHS machine instead of a Betamax machine mm-hmm. because they can, for the first time, they get their own movies. Yeah. And that screws Sony. So Sony needs to buy property to get access to intellectual property in the arts so that they can never let this happen to them again. And that's why they buy Paramount. And that's why they buy cbs records which is george michael's label and so bottom line tommy matola gets put in as the and who's he's a control freak gets put in as the ceo he wants to impress the japanese he's running sony united states the brand new record label and george michael has a key man clause in his contract with walter yetnikoff which says if the president of cbs records goes for any reason my contract's null and void tommy told says, well we're going to have to fight each other on that and that's exactly what they do and meanwhile what's george michael creating is arguably his his masterpiece which is listen without prejudice volume one mm-hmm. and that record with the quality of that record and, and he really went deep on the lyrics man like deep 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 on the lyrics and was just so freaking amazing that record is and it it should have sold like 30 million records 20 or 30 million records but he wouldn't do it he he was fighting with tommy matola so tommy's like i'm gonna sit on the record screw you Mm -hmm. i got 500 artists you got one career so I'm going to punish you for not playing the game the way I want you to play it. Now, George gets some videos on MTV because at that point, George has relationships with MTV. So he works around Matola on that. But that record only sells like like four million copies. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a huge disappointment because people like me found it. I found it in a freaking record bin looking for something else. Yeah. I'm like, how do I not know about this? Why? No promotion. Hmm. No promotion. He wasn't on the radio as much as he should have been. Not enough, right? It wasn't enough. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like one spin or one time seeing the music video is going to make somebody, even a current fan, go and buy that record. Mm -hmm. Ask every legacy artist. 
Yeah. That's out there, right? Oh, I put out a new record. A bunch of people know about it. Do they buy it? No. Right, yeah. Why? Because they didn't hear it enough times because you're not on the radio. Right. Because it's not getting promoted. They don't have that budget anymore. So you have to promote. You know, PR, which a lot of indie artists are fortunate enough to have a budget to pay for, is exposure, right? Yeah. But PR isn't enough without repetition. So exposure is not enough. Right. Mm. Even today, like getting on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine isn't going to break your band. Yeah. It's, it's, it might be good for 20,000 streams. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's good for a half a million streams. I know it's not that. But let's just say it is. Great. That's awesome. Now what? It's next week now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, had a, I had an artist that, you know, I was keeping up with. And indie artist, you know, baby artist. And I saw their stuff. It's like, hey, you know, thanks so much for this outlet, for the shout out and for the great write up. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I go click on it. And it's obviously written by the artist PR team. Mm -hmm. You know, some of that they hired is like, this is not an article. Yeah, this is it's a press release. People, it's a press release because you can just tell all over the writing. Like, yeah, no, this this outlet did not do a story on you. Yeah. It's yeah. And there's a difference. And you know what? To be fair, like I would say this, that's the way it happens first. And I think that's an important mm -hmm. point that you bring up. That's where you're at first with promotion, with PR, mm -hmm. is a couple favors from a couple periodicals. And all they're going to do is reprint the press release. Yeah. They're not going to do an interview. They're not going to deep dive into the article. And they're not going to do a review. Yeah. They're just going to reprint the press release and take up some space. It takes them literally three seconds and they're done. Yeah. And that's the way it happens for everybody at, at first. And the, I kudos to that artist for shouting out that periodical to <laughs> yeah. create that relationship. I think that's smart. But the point being, that's your entry level PR people because you're not news yet. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to be on every newspaper or every periodical across the country and across the globe, you're going to be on one or two. They all have very few. Every time all the, all the entry level PR media outlets have crappy social media, man, like my mm -hmm. artists have better social media than they do. Yeah. So really it's more like social proof. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, we got in a magazine. It doesn't even actually get you in front of new eyeballs. It just makes the eyeballs that already you've already gotten in front of, give it a little bit more respect and that's just the reality of it you know yeah because i was looking at that going you know what you paid for somebody to write that up and to contact this online magazine or whoever mm -hmm. and who's going to see it and if they see it will they link back will they maybe find you on spotify give you a spin or two i mean it, very best case scenarios a few people find it and become like i really like this artist i'm gonna listen to their stuff yeah not enough but you still don't know how to find them yeah and to connect with them they're still ghosts. Not enough. And you paid for that. I'm like, what's that's just money gone. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's not, it's not enough. And now let's talk about TV. Let's talk about TV show exposure. Mm-hmm. A TV show appearance, like on SNL or on a late night show like Fallon or something, these are not bad things. I'm not poo-pooing these things. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that they're not enough. You can be on SNL, and again, that's going to be good for X amount of streams. Mm-hmm. But then you're not on SNL anymore the next week. Right. And, and then it's over. So if it's not piggybacked on some kind of repetition, mm-hmm. it's not enough. It's not going to do the job, right? One tour, not enough. You need repetition. You know, when Guns N' Roses first came out, they, they, their first tour was with Aerosmith, mm-hmm. who is arguably, that was maybe, if it wasn't the top tour that year, it was one of the top three. Yeah, it was a huge tour in '87, a massive tour in '87, and Guns N' Roses sold that. That was good for sixty thousand records because they weren't on being promoted on the radio. They weren't being promoted on MTV yet. Mm-hmm. So all they had was that tour. That was it. And that whole tour, I don't know how many shows they did, but it was good for sixty thousand records. Not enough to keep your record deal with Geffen. Mm-hmm. So touring is hugely important. Mm-hmm. But it needs to be more than just touring, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not enough to do it that way. So if your business model is, I need PR, and then I'm going to break, wrong. If your business model is, if I could just get on TV and get that break and get on SNL, then everything's going to be puppy dogs and ice cream. No, you're wrong. It's not going to be enough. If your business model is, if I could just get on tour with that band that has a huge audience, then it's going to change the world. No, it's not. You know, it's not. So then, like we were talking about radio spins in this conversation I was having with this artist. And I said, bro, like, I was just trying to get a gauge on how much weight he put on a spin Mm -hmm. on radio, right? And I said, said, let's just do the math on radio. You know, they play 12 songs an hour, right? Times 24 hours, times seven days. It's 2016 spins a week. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the rotational numbers, though, because we have rotational format programming and radio. So heavy rotation is about 70 spins a week for a song. Medium rotation is about 40 spins a week. And light rotation is around 15 spins a week. Mm-hmm. So if you just break down the math on that, it, it's pretty disconcerting. Yeah. 20 songs in heavy rotation at 70 spins a week each, that's 1,400 spins out of 2016 for the week. Mm -hmm. That's 69.4% of all the spins. 
Okay. For 20 songs. And then if you add in 15 medium rotation songs, that's another 600. Now you're at 2,000 spins. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And it would just 35 songs. So here's the thing. I think you all put too much weight on exposure and practically zero weight and zero thought and zero energy. And your mindset does not include the idea of a mission critical repetition. Because if it was just exposure that mattered, if the, if you have a hit song, which you all think you have, mm -hmm. and most of you don't. Okay. But if you do, if just exposing that hit song to an audience was all it took if that's how it all worked and that's what was going to fire people up and get them to catch on to you and follow you and go and you know, consume your music and buy a ticket and buy a t-shirt, then why didn't the record labels make the radio stations play 2016 songs per week? Mm -hmm. Different songs. Right. Right. Because that would expose way more artists to each market. That would solve the record labels problem of having only 5% of their artists on the label make any money. Mm -hmm. Right. That would be what a great, what a brilliant, I mean, what are they stupid? No, it's because it doesn't work that way. Exposure isn't enough. I mean, even, even the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, which is probably one of the, like the iconic, the gold standard in here's an appearance that changed everything. Even that, why did, why did people tune in? They'd been hearing about it. Yeah. Before then, and it then, wasn't and, like and I will, they I will, came out of nowhere. They showed up on Ed Sullivan. Then you didn't hear from them again. No. I, and I will add two things piece. to that. Number one, 73 million people watched that show that night. Mm -hmm. That was 40% of the population of the United States. So just about one in two people saw it. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, most people don't know this. They played five songs that night. Wow. They didn't play. You, we think we think you can appear on David Letterman or something. It's man, they do one song and they're out. Yeah. No, they played five songs that night. So they owned that show yeah. that night. It was freaking crazy. So that the massive amount of the audience and the fact that they were even allowed to play more than once. And to your point, everybody tuned in because they'd already heard about them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the buzz had already been happening is what made that maybe the de facto most iconic moment in history that just instantly skyrocketed the Beatles to Beatlemania. Mm -hmm. If the Beatles had come out now, we don't care. Right. As good as they are. Because mm -hmm. they are gold standard. I mean, for all of it. Yes. But not enough people would have heard them to do that. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they tackled the repetition part of it, didn't they? They did. Let's do more than one song, mate. All right. You know, wrap yeah. your jewelry. Like. <laughs> <laughs> One social media post is not enough. This conversation I'm having with this artist that sort of based this whole thing on here today is like, oh, well, I suck at social media. And so he didn't tell me he sucks at social media. And I'm like, okay, great. But even if you're a god at social media, even if you're like a management company's wet dream on social mm -hmm. media because you post regularly, it's all brilliant, it's all genius, you have maximized the algorithm at that point to where only 97% of your audience doesn't know that you put something out. You're only reaching 3%. If you suck at social media, you're, you're reaching 1%. Mm -hmm. If you're really good at social media, you're tripling that number and you're at 3%. But that means 97% of the people who know, like, and trust you are not aware of what you're doing 
on a regular basis. But here's the thing. You need money, you need budgets to get in front of those eyeballs constantly to remind them that you've got a new post, that you've got a new piece of content, that you've got a new song, that you've got a new video. But the organic posting is important because as those people continually get reminded of your existence, number one, and as you turn on new eyeballs to your existence, number two, they're going to go back to your socials. That's your storefront. Mm -hmm. And if there's nothing going on there, then they keep walking. Yeah. So it's really good as a retention thing, but it's not going to be good in any way, shape or form as a business model for promotion, you know, organic posting, not enough. Yeah. Right. And certainly inconsistent organic posting is, I, I don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't even know why you're bothering. Why bother to even have an account to put it on there? Here's one that I think is going to be a mind blow for a lot of people. One viral video or viral song, not enough. Mm-hmm. Not enough. I mean, how many, how many one hit wonders do we know? Yeah. I mean, you're here and you're gone. Like, like the best that you could possibly hope for, which, and by the way, this train's already left the station, but there was a moment in time, a very small moment in time, might've been like 12 to 18 months, give or take six months where the record labels got really, really intoxicated with the idea of a TikTok viral star. Mm -hmm. And they gave people record deals because you had a massive viral hit on TikTok. God bless you. Yeah. And guess how many of those artists have panned out to become successful artists on those record labels? Uh, So far, like zero or close to that. (laughs) You know why? Because they don't have a second song that's as good as that first one. Mm -hmm. So they kind of handled the promotion thing first, right? But they still didn't do it right. They they weren't real artists. And so now that's not going to happen to you. Like those labels aren't going to sign you. They don't care how big that viral hit is unless they feel like you got an album there. But even then, Mm -hmm. man, if you don't have number two in the hopper, right? Like if your second song isn't written, recorded, mixed, mastered, uploaded to the aggregate distributor eight weeks in advance, which means at the time that you're probably freaking releasing the first single that's going to go viral, okay? Mm -hmm. And you don't have the video content done and everything ready to rock on that, you're screwed because you go and you did all this work and you got that big puff of wind, man, that Mm -hmm. big rush, that that blessing of virality and you don't, you aren't, you got caught with your pants down. You're not prepared to follow it up. So you can't ride that surfboard into the shore and you're screwed and you didn't maximize it. And then guess what, man, (laughs) somebody else got a viral video and everybody's over here now and they don't even know who you are because you were just hot for a second and then you were gone. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, and I know this, like the whole record industry, their whole business model on digital is based on viral. Yeah. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. Because what happens if it goes viral? Now, what are you going to do? Right. But for the record industry, see, they get paid if it goes viral, man, and that thing generates a couple of million streams. Mm-hmm. Well, we just got our money back on that. Artists didn't, writers didn't, mm-hmm. but we did. And so that kind of works for them, but that's short-sighted. That's a short game. Yeah. And that, that those chickens are going to come home to the roost for the labels too, because it doesn't create 
the kind of catalogs that you can go and sell for $400 million. And, you know, yeah. that becomes the fabric of people's lives. So, I mean, I, to, to the extent that one viral video or one viral song is not enough, there's some ve- there's very, very small window for exceptions to the rule here. But for all intents and purposes, like I've stopped promoting quote unquote singles for artists. Mm-hmm. And of course, I disapprove of the word single because you're going to break yeah. on digital and single is not a word that belongs on digital. It's a release. Right. It's one of many mm-hmm. releases that you're going to put out in a cluster of releases. But even if you win on that, you lose, you know, get your millions of views, go viral on TikTok, but you got nothing to follow it up. So there you are. You're, 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 you know, pants on the ground, <laughs> nothing's going yeah. on. Yeah. And you actually had your moment, right? You had your 15 minutes mm-hmm. and you didn't capitalize on it because you had a bad business model. Yeah. Because you thought all I need to do is go viral and then everybody's going to know my name and then it's going to be, it's going to be easy and you're going to get some attention, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get attention from a whole lot of people that know what to do after that. Yeah. You know, so you have to know what to do. That's my point. You have to be the one that drives. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. It's really up to you. So exposure not enough. You have to have consistent exposure, repeated exposure over months and months and months. And that's the way you need to be thinking about how to promote. And you need to be promoting. You just can't not promote. I mean, I have this blessing story, you guys, of this artist that I just had this conversation with who I'd actually hired him as a guitar player for one of my other artists to go out on tour with her. And I just loved his playing. He's just a most beautiful soul you ever imagine. Like I love the dude as a human being. And years later, this is before COVID, man. I mean, years later, mm-hmm. he hits me up and he's like, Hey man, my band's playing. You should come out. And I was like, I just so happened. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm free that I'm gonna come out. And so I yeah. came out and like my jaw was on the floor. Like, the band's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So good. Like I'm in love with the project, you know, yeah. in love with it. Like, and just through a serendipitous chain of events. All of a sudden now we got a little budget for this guy that we're going to work and it's all going to be promotion. We're not buying new gear. Right. Not, you know, we're not, we're not going to pay for the transmission that dropped out of the van. That's his problem. Yeah. This is just promo, man. And the way that we're going to attack it is going to be through consistency and regular and regular pushing of content. So I just want everybody to think, man, just it's not 99.9% of you, the way that you're thinking about this, most of you aren't even thinking about promo and you got to stop that and get on with it. Stop yeah. saying I suck at it. Get good at it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I'll give a shout out to Rick Monroe and the Hitmen when they started working with me on this thing. They, they, it finally, I rang the bell and Rick's like, I get it, man. Like when we're done with the record, mm-hmm. we're not done working yet. I'm like, no, in fact, you just, what you did is just received the kickoff and, and effed it up and you're on your own five yard line. You, know? <laughs> you tried to run out of the end zone. You got popped at the five yard line. And yeah. so thank God it's not a, it's not a touchback, but you've got 95 yards to go because 95% of your energy, your time, your blood, sweat and tears and your capital mm-hmm. needs to be put towards promotion. He's like, yeah, we get that now. And then sort of after he, the leader of the band, mm-hmm embrace that just came to that mindset like embrace that it's just like okay look we really gotta do this differently mm-hmm. and and this isn't this is an artist who makes 350 400 grand his band grosses every year they have an mm-hmm. endorsement with monster energy drinks yeah does that get them home no not even close they're in a glass ceiling now they're still too much of a baby band to really get with the the bookers that can help them mm-hmm. 
and he's been there for a while, which is why he came to me. But then here's the thing. As soon as he has that epiphany and he's like, you know what? We just got to do like a boatload of content mm. and we got to push that content out. And I'm like, yes, you do. And then the guitar player is just like, all of a sudden the common sense just rains down over him. And he's like, <laughs> I'm a freaking ninja on Pro Tools, which is a pretty sophisticated mm. piece of software. Yeah. And I'll bet that I, I think that most of our listeners probably have a Pro Tools rig or something, you know, some DAW like yeah. that. And I'm not saying the brand, but, you know, whatever, Logic or Cubase or whatever. But you know how to use it and you're pretty freaking good at it. Mm-hmm. You become a ninja at it so that the actual tool is no longer disruptive to your creative process. Yeah. It flows. It flows the way you flow creatively. Right. And then he's turned the corner and said, you know what? If I can do that, I can damn sure learn how to do Premiere Pro mm-hmm. for video editing yeah. or Final Cut Pro for video editing. Kind of like, dummy, what, what have we been doing? Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're just doing crap loads of content. And it's like literally in the van from one gig to another, they're doing it in house. <laughs> yeah. Guess what it costs them? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it, it's. I know Rick's showing up a lot more in my feed these days. Yeah. A lot more. You're, you're, that's on account of me pushing it out and on account of them giving me constant stuff mm-hmm. to push out. And not for nothing, they're doing a, in the middle of a 17 day run with Ted Nugent right now, which is freaking awesome. So shout out to him. Yeah. We just did a big blast to one of our core cities with him. And I'm excited to see what happens with that. But, but there it is, guys. That's all I had to say about that. I mean, it, it, it's like when you change this one thing in your head and you stop saying, I suck at social media and I suck at promotion and start figuring out the reality that you have to do it. There is no way. Nobody's going to do it for you. And nobody's going to do it right for you, even if you have the money, because they don't know either. Mm-hmm. You have to figure it out for yourself. As soon as you embrace that, the needle will move. It will change. Mm-hmm. It will change. Yeah. And you'll start to feel some momentum. So that's all I got to say about that. Make sure you follow the podcast, join the climb community, mm-hmm. leave a rating and review, tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 